in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. We can find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And we need you more than we know. We thank you, Lord. You are ever present. Jehovah Shammah, the God who is present. We thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for the opportunity to bring our needs before you, to lift up holy hands and worship you, to thank you, to bless you, just to be in your presence. And we honor you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. (coughs) Excuse me. So we all survived. This weather is just, I know. I mean, it's something like you just don't even know how to pray, when to pray, what to pray, what to say. But thank God we can, we can still be us. Amen. We can still be blessed, still have our needs met, still be thankful and grateful and all of the things. I think if it's anything the last two years have taught me is that I depend on God so much. I've been more aware of it. Sometimes when you're, you have all the freedom you want, you're ripping and running, doing this, doing that. You know God's there and you know He's helping you, but you're not so aware of it. And I thank God He's making me more aware of it. You know, uh, just aware of the fact that He's there. He, He's helping me. You know, He's always working on something on my behalf. You know, whether you believe it or not, He is always working on things on our behalf. <clears throat> I'm thankful that I had an opportunity to kind of slow it down uh in ministry in in what I do and in my personal life such as it is. <laughs> my boring old lady personal life. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. I mean, you know, I ain't kicking it nowhere. You know what I'm saying? I just <laughs> me and my dog. But anyway, um you, you know, it, it's it's good. I've started making time to be with the God who has been present all the time, but not really acknowledged so much by me. And I just have to confess that, that you know, I run around, do stay busy like everybody else. But I thank God he just is slowing everything down. He's slowing everybody down. He's showing us that we need him. We need to uh, develop more of a relationship with him, get closer, learn more about him, um, and depend more on him. You know, there's so many things that we can do ourselves. But boy, if we'd ever learned to let go of it and trust God with it, we could really, really, really excel. We could, we could have that life that he wants us to have. Not so much what we want to have all the time, but the good life that he wants us to have. So I'm just really, uh, excited about that. I'm, I'm glad and I'm, I'm thankful. So I'm going to be spending more and more and more as much as I can time. And because it's getting more interesting for me now to study and to pray and to learn and to all of those things that we need to do and we like doing, but never get around to doing them. We're going to get around to it. Amen. <clears throat> so praise God. So uh what was I doing? Was I praying? Did I finish praying? I prayed already. Well, let's get our meals and go home. <laughs> Get the grub on. No. 
we're going to share the word today. And I think the first order of business, uh, I guess I should introduce this. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about stubborn faith that believes all things are possible. Amen. Um, stubborn faith believes all things are possible. And uh, <clears throat> I found this um, video from uh, Norval Hayes. Uh, I'm going to play about, play about 15 minutes of it or have Shannon play it for us uh, because there's a couple testimonies on there that I, I think will bless you. And it'll be a kind of a, a springboard for me to start sharing some things that God put on my heart that he wants us to begin to do and uh, to make some adjustments in the way that we express our faith to him. And adjustments, then if you make an adjustment in the way you express your faith, then your expectation will adjust too. So I think he he's ready for us to expect more. I know I am. I'm ready for me to expect more and to accelerate things in our lives. You know, we're still under the Amos 9.13 blessing of acceleration. And I think this is something that... um you know, I just believe it'll accelerate. It'll be more exciting for us to pray and believe God for things. Uh, we won't be sitting around, you know, taking pills that we swore we weren't going to take for very long, forever, you know, and getting off some stuff like that. And and so let's see where it goes. We're going to study a little bit on this, and we'll see where God takes us with it. Okay, Shannon, you could start. I know a woman. I know two women. I know a woman. But took a deformed child because the Lord told her to. She adopted the deformed child. And the Lord told her to pray for the child by faith. Everybody say, by faith. So she prayed for the child every day and said with her mouth, In Jesus' name, I command you to walk. In Jesus' name, I command you to be normal. In Jesus' name, I command you to walk. Now, listen, listen, right right here is where you lose the church. How long? About two hours a day. About two hours a day she did that for a little over three years. Deformed child. Most churches in America just marks off deformed children. They think they have no hope for them. I don't know. I don't know how they believe. I guess they think that case is too hard for God. No, the, the problem with it is that case is too hard for your quality of faith. You need to increase your faith on another, another, uh, another quality, another level, way up there, another level. You need to understand to get your faith in line. You need to have the Hebrews kind of faith where Hebrews says your faith is your substance. Your faith is your healing. There is no such thing as cases too tough. A little over three years she did that. And God came one night, a little while after she put him in bed and made him normal. Come and got in the bed with him, made him normal. Now, another woman that wasn't even, wasn't even baptized in the Holy Ghost. She gave birth to a deformed child. Totally deformed. One of the worst deformed children's ever lived. Mayo Clinic couldn't even do anything for it. 
Well, the worst of farm children that's ever lived. Do you have any record of? Well, that, that little kid's teeth was deformed, sticking out sideways like this. Couldn't even eat no food. It just sucked through the corner of her mouth like this. A crooked straw. And that's the only thing she could get to drink orange juice or a crooked straw or juice and suck the corner of her mouth. Born that way. Twisted, crippled, deformed, everything about the child. Knots all over the child. And her mother just began to confess and had faith in God's word. The scripture which says, all things are possible to him that believeth. How many of you know that's in there? Well, she just made up her mind. She read the Bible where, you know, the Bible says that God cannot lie. You, you, you read that, hadn't you? You've heard your pastor say that. You've heard evangelists say that. God cannot lie. Well, she just believed that, you know. Well, yeah, if you give birth to a deformed child, you might as well go that direction because if, if you go in the other direction, you know, there's no hope for it. So she just kept on. She quoted that scripture. The Bible says that God cannot lie. The Bible says all things are possible to him that believeth. And she said, Jesus, Jesus, I believe for you, Jesus, to come to my house and make my daughter normal. Make my baby normal. Now, she said that 14 years. Of course, by that time, nobody else believed it in the world except her and her little son. There was no pastors in that county who believed it. No Pentecostal preachers believed it. Forget that. <laughs> the doctor, the little girl, thought she was nuts. He told her husband, he said, she's going crazy. He says, well, what do you think is going to happen to my wife? She's been doing that for 14 years. He said, I know it. She's possessed with that thing. It's wonderful, folks, to get possessed with faith. The little girl, the little girl got about 12 years old, and she said, one day, you know, got big enough to, she, says, she asked her mother, and she said, mother, You've been saying that all my life. Mama, do you really believe, do you really believe that Jesus is going to come to this house one day and make me normal, like I'd be a normal little girl and run and play and wear dresses? She said, the mother says, I know he is. Well, this is after 12 years of believing. So always remember, people, get this straight. Faith don't, faith can't tell time. If your faith can tell time, you don't have any. I mean, you're a joke. The Bible don't even work for you. Get that straight. The Bible don't even work for you. You just barely are saved. And you go to church and live your life to even stay saved. But you're not going to get any manifestations to speak of. Unless you get them in a Benny Hinn service. 
unless you come here, let me lay hands on you. Unless you come to Wednesday night and let many hands by the land. He is a good miracle ministry, healing ministry. You'll have to get healing through anointing on somebody else. And always remember, I don't care who it is, if you get healed from somebody else's anointing, you know what that is? That's getting healed on a credit. You're going to have to pay your bill before long. If you don't, if you don't pay your bill, if you don't pay your bill with faith, if you don't pay your bill with stubborn faith, that disease will come back up on you. Because you didn't get healed through your faith. Now you sit in your own living room and believe that Jesus is your healer, and you thank the Lord for healing you for days and months and years, and all of a sudden God comes in your living room and heals you. Brother, you can hold on to it. Because you got healed through your own faith. But you get healed through somebody else's prayers. You need to get some faith tapes or something to cause you to hold on to what the, you know, I don't care who you are, any of you boys as pastors, any of your members, if they, don't, they, they don't have to have a lot of faith. If they just have, they just have enough faith just to get up by their seat and walk up, to, walk up to you on a Sunday night and say, Pastor, lay your hands on me. Pastor, anoint me with oil in the name of the Lord. Uh, and when you do it, the moment you anoint me with oil, the moment you lay hands on me, the Lord will heal me too, Pastor. Lay your hands on me. And they'll get healed. Well, they will. They'll get healed. But, you know, it's easy to get healed if you just obey God and you go to Him. But in the 14th year, Jesus came to that house. Now listen to how it happened. On the 14th year, a little crippled, twisted girl, deformed girl, and her mother was in the living room. And they looked there in the, in the living room, and it looked like a light, it looked like a, lo, a little bitty, teeny, teeny, winchy light bulb, a, a little teeny, winchy light, not, not, not an object, but, but it's in the middle of the air, it wasn't in the ceiling. About that big around, a little bitty, teeny thing, about that big around, a little white dot, about that big around in the air. This little white dot. Well, I mean, that's strange to them. A little white dot would be in the middle there in the living room. And they just, they sat there and watched it. And it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Bigger and bigger. Finally, it got so big like this right here that the top of it went near the ceiling of the house. And the bottom of the circle went down maybe a foot off of the floor. In that circle of light, all of a sudden, just all of a sudden, Jesus appeared. Standing in that light. He, he wasn't even standing on the floor. He was standing in the middle of the air in that light. And he just appeared in that light. And he stepped down like this, out of the light, onto the floor. And walked over like this towards the little girl sitting in a wheelchair. Her mother sitting over here. Now listen to what he said. He looked over to the mother and he says, I have come because of your faith. Boy, I wish you'd get that. 
My God, my God. Fourteen years of faith. But Jesus was so kind enough, he let her know that he could have come years and years ago because her faith pleased him years and years and years ago. But you know what he said? He said, I waited purposely this long to come till she got this age because I could get a testimony from her that would go around the world. So he walked up to close to the wheelchair about three feet from it, and that little old girl kept trying to touch him. Because she didn't matter if I can touch him, I know I'll be normal. She kept trying to touch him, he just stood there. And the mother said, Jesus, if you'll take about one more step. <laughs> My daughter can touch you and she'll be normal. And he just stood there. She said, he stood there for so long that the little girl just kind of collapsed. She was trying to reach him so hard that she was deformed. And she was trying to reach him so hard and so strong. <laughs> she was collapsed. He said, I did that because... To let you know that all of your human effort doesn't get it. It's your belief in me. Have faith in me. Then he took one more step, walked over to her, and laid laid his hands on here. She said, the moment he laid his hands on my body, those big old knots on me began to melt. I could... Pitched him out in the sunshine, snowballed in the sunshine on a hot summer day, on a hot sidewalk. And she said, my bones began to crack and pop. My teeth began to crack and pop. My bones began to crack and pop in my body. I was so twisted. And she said, she says, no more than 10 seconds. He laid his hands on me and something like a hot fluid began to go. And the bones cracking and popping all over me like, like this right here. She says, not everything melted off of me. And she says, my, everything about me become normal. And everything, everything became normal. And I jumped out of the wheelchair and ran off. <laughs> I've come because of your faith. Now, church, you know as well as I do. Just be reasonable. You know if one little one little lady can take a deformed child and confess two hours a day and say two hours a day, I command you to walk and I command you to be normal in Jesus' name. I'm not taking no for no answer. I command you to walk and I command you to be normal in Jesus' name. I command you to I command you to walk in Jesus' name. I command you to be normal in Jesus' name. And God came and got into bed with that little child, with that child, and made the child normal. In a, a little over three years. But another woman goes 14 years, her faith don't waver. And Jesus comes and says, I've come because of your faith. Well, you ought to know, folks, that your faith is your substance. Just by things like that, you should know the Hebrews is the truth. 
But Hebrews, Hebrews has been teaching that part of their faith for years. The book of Hebrews says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. God wants you to believe him right now. And every day it's got to be now. Every day it's got to be now. Can't point to the future when the back or start wondering about it. A wondering mind never gets anything from God to speak of. Well, except the love blessing. You know, you go to church and sing Amazing Grace, how sweet this sound, and get a love blessing from God. But listen to me closely now, church. Just a love blessing because you live your life clean and you're a Christian and you love God. A love blessing don't give you a miracle. You can get a love blessing in church today and die with cancer next month. Ensure God is with you because He loves you and you live your life clean and you're born again. But you can receive a miracle from God. You can receive a healing from the Lord. You can receive anything you want from God through faith. So we have two examples here of what he referred to as a stubborn faith, a faith that refuses to take no for an answer. So however you express that, I think that's really the key. Just refuse to take no for an answer. And as time goes on, sometimes we just get a little, um, I guess, wishy-washy about it, like we don't have a zeal or a fervor. You know, when you first start out believing God, you have all this intensity and you just know it's going to happen. Then when it doesn't happen, then we kind of peter out, don't don't pray as often, don't command as often, don't express our faith. I guess I would say expressing your faith is what the whole key is. It's not, uh, you know, sometimes it's it's the confession, confession like the one woman, that child she adopted, God told her to adopt that child. And see, God will never tell you to do something that won't work out for you. You know, he'll give you the strength, he'll give you the grace, he'll give you the whatever you need to complete whatever the assignment is. Um, I get as intimidated probably as you do when you hear somebody prayed for 14 years or, you know, confess for 14 years or for, you know, two two hours a day, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But there are a lot of things that we use our time for that won't prosper us as much and so but I'm, my my understanding of of God's working through us and the Holy Spirit being our helper he gives us the ability he kind of is the fuel behind your confession he's the fuel behind your words he's the one who you're not just doing a dry prayer you know where you got to make yourself put in 2 hours or you got to make yourself do something there's the anointing of the holy ghost that makes everything easy that's one thing i can say about the anointing it makes preaching easy it makes witnessing easy it makes uh, confessing the word easy it makes commanding your 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 things to come in line with the word of god by your faith it makes it easy and so that's what i would 
would encourage you in because when we sit back here and look at the results and look at what they did and you think to yourself, boy, oh boy, you know, how am I ever going to get to that place? Like it's a place you got to arrive at, but I think it's, it's an assigned destination. For us, you know, uh, who have these, these, uh, assignments and these tasks, uh, in the kingdom. You, you have the grace to do it. You have the ability to do it. You have the wisdom to do it. And you have the Holy Ghost as your helper. And that would be the first thing I would do. I would enlist the help of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, I'm, I want this to be real in my life. I want this to happen for me. How do I go about doing it? And always put God in there from the beginning. And that way you kind of won't wear yourself out and and get discouraged along the way because you're kind of doing it blindly. Uh, I feel that both these women were um, told by God how to do what they did and what to do. And they were encouraged along the way. Number one, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He knows what he's doing. Amen. He knows what he wants to accomplish through what we do. And he knows what he has for us to bless us. So <clears throat> we have to develop our own faith. And, and that's why it's so important to always have your faith active in something. You know, um, I try to encourage people, you know, over the years we've done certain things and, you know, I know it goes over real big with people when you tell them, well, use your faith to do this and use your faith to do that. Uh, but, but I think it helps. I really do. So that when quote unquote big things come about, you've already got some faith in the deal. You know, you've already got something, um, on board where you can see that faith works. You can be encouraged by your own progress in faith. But if you never use your faith for, for even the things, the simple things like when we, we would do our trips, we'd always tell people, put your seed money down. And, and many people would be resentful. They just couldn't get with it in the spirit. And, you know, I don't need to put no seed down. I have my money, so and so and such and such. And just a lot of back talk. And they, even though you explain it to them so many different ways, there's still this resistance to want to get the seed out there because everybody resents the seed because of its size. Let's say it again. We resent the seed because of its size. You know, sometimes you think, well, some of them people that need to do like payments, they look at uh, putting down seed as a payment on something like you can't pay the whole thing, you know. Um, it's just a bad attitude to have about the things of God, you know. It's not important that you can pay it. We can all pay it. But we can't all get big faith when we need it. And this is how your faith grows. Amen. When you encourage people to do things that they think maybe won't work out for them, that's another hard place. You know, you can't see the forest for the trees. And faith is something that you have to do sometimes without seeing the end result already. In fact, you'll never see the end result until you get there when you use your faith. You know what you're using it for. But you'll, you'll not be able to see 
the result of it until you do the obedience that it takes to get that seed planted. And so it's very, very important. I think what happens with many, with, with say like these women and many people is there's a, a place where, you know, when you first start out praying about something or you start declaring something, confessing the word, I am healed. I am healed. I think if you set a specific time every day and meet with God, you'll be able to get into a flow that won't be broken very easily. It's going to be rough to start. Like you'll, you'll start and you'll stop. You'll start and you'll stop. But then you'll get into a flow where the anointing can carry you the rest of the way so that it's not as hard anymore. And I think these, I call it that breakthrough point. You know, and I believe these women stuck with it in the rough beginning until they got through that breakthrough point. And then after you get through the breakthrough point, it's smooth sailing. Like you'll just get up and, and start this woman that confessed for two hours. You know, she, she probably started out kind of rough and it started out, oh, I didn't do as much today. And then after a while, two hours was easy. She just sailed through it. You understand what I'm saying? It has to be that way. God, because his grace becomes sufficient for us because he's doing all the work. Amen. We're trusting him that if we express our faith to him, and we allow God to see our faith on a regular basis. He sees that. He knows we believe. He knows that, that we're expecting. All of that expectation comes. And, and I believe at a, a certain point, you're not, you don't even bother about getting discouraged or, or anything like that with something. You know, you couldn't fight discouragement the whole time because you'd never make it through that. So if Jesus is helping your faith, you can call on him to say, Lord, can you make this a little easier for me? Can you help me and show me how I'm going to get this done and, and how, you know, whatever. He probably set them on a course at the beginning where they understood when the anointing comes in, you flow with it. When it lifts, it's over. Amen. And so we all have to get in that that frame of mind that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. He is our helper. He is there to encourage us. He never resists us when we need help. And so there's more help for you when you set out to to conquer these impossible things than you know. But see, sitting on the outside looking in, it looks hard. It looks like, man, I don't know if I could even do that. How could you get started on that? But once you get inside of the operation, then you'll find that there's grace for you. There's anointing for you. There's help for you. There's encouragement for you. There's, uh, like uh, Norval said, your faith can't tell time. And and when you get in that realm where your faith is active, you don't even know you're you've been in there as long as you have. You see what I'm saying? So there's a lot of help for us once we begin and get into that place of where we are expecting God to do miracles and we are expressing our faith the way we need to. So Jesus, we said, is the author and finisher of our faith. He comes because of our faith. Amen. This is this is what the lady found out. He came because of her faith. Her faith pleased him, and it happened many years before he came 
to answer that prayer. So you think to yourself sometimes, when time goes by, what do we usually think? It's not that you did something wrong. It's not pleasing to him. Amen. And here is evidence that that's not true. See, as long as you're expressing your faith, it pleases him. Amen. Sometimes we have to commit to expressing it more than just as an afterthought. You know, like, oh, yeah, thank you for healing me, Lord. I thank you for healing me. We do it for a couple of minutes and then we're off and running again. And so I think you have to be diligent. When the Bible says diligently seek him, that means time. It's going to take time. And so when you can do that and you can can uh, allow God to help you and to help your faith, I think you can get better results and you'll be able to see the things that, that you want to see manifest because you stay connected to him. You keep your faith connected to him. You're talking to him more than once a day. You're expressing your love to him. You're worshiping him. You're praying in the Holy Ghost. You're doing all of the things that keep you connected to God on a, on a more consistent basis. And I think you, you begin to develop that life of faith that is more pleasing to him and he will come and answer. So we see here that he answers in the time. There's something else involved in, in his answer. And it's not just for what we want but also for kingdom purposes. And I think Jesus in his heart was sustaining this lady's faith way beyond where it was necessary. See, he becomes the author and the finisher of our faith. And I think that woman would have been content to pray for a couple of more years. You you see, once you're sold on your faith is going to produce something, it is producing, then once you're sold on that, then you'll continue to endeavor to express your faith to God. So he comes because of our faith. When our faith pleases him, he will manifest our our promise and our answer. Amen. Um, He waits for his glory. And that was one thing I got out of that. The waiting is for his glory. When Lazarus died, Jesus said, I'm glad I waited so that God could get glory out of this. Amen. And so there, he'll make it up to us. We, we look at it and we say, Oh boy, that's, that's kind of hard. He let that man die and the family was believing for him to be healed. And what he's saying is keep believing because the healing is going to come. Amen. Don't let anything stop you from believing and see the kind of faith that, that God wants to release in the earth is that kind of faith. It's that degree of faith, the kind that keeps believing, even though it looks like things are getting worse even though it looks like things are going backwards, even though it looks like he's looking for that kind of faith. That's the only kind that really pleases him. Faith in him, period. And regardless of circumstances. Like Abraham, he was too old, so was Sarah. Sarah was always barren. And so they're up against an impossibility that only God is going to be able to help them to overcome. And and so this is the kind of faith that pleases him, that faith that says nothing is impossible. Amen. With God, all things are possible. So one of the things I noticed that 
Brother Normal said about human effort and willpower. Amen. Uh, we have to um, resist using human effort and willpower to get the things we desire. Like many times we can think we can go and see this is where you God will stop you sometimes because sometimes he'll just wink at us when we don't know any better we desperate or something like that and then sometimes he'll just take all your little toys away from you and say now wait a minute I'm going to show you I can do this better than you can you see what I'm saying and and it's a relief to us because we don't need to fight against the will of God he knows how to get stuff done and see, sometimes it might be a battle in your head to to say, I got to trust you, God. I need help trusting you. I need help letting this go because I've been doing it my way for such a long time. You know, it's kind of hard for me to sit on my hands and shut my mouth and not complain or not call somebody and ask them for help. You know what I'm saying? And so we we have to discipline ourselves to the fact that God has it. He's good. He loves us. We think we're in a hurry for something, but we find out sometimes we're really not. We just keep looking at it and thinking, I want this to be over with already. And see, that's not faith. Amen. That's so far from faith. That's really willpower. And so the example he used there was when the little girl was stretching and trying to touch Jesus and he stood back and didn't let her efforts pay off, even though She needs that healing, even though she's deformed. Our hearts would look at that and say, now, why won't he just let her touch him and get her healing? You know, we we still are in the mindset of human effort is okay. But but Jesus stood back to let her know that it was faith and faith alone that was getting the job done. And that whenever your faith pleases him and he decides it's time, he'll come and he'll manifest his glory. He'll manifest your promise. He'll manifest the impossible on your behalf. And so he wants us to have total confidence in him. I think that's the whole thing. Because many times your mind will tell you, God doesn't care. Why doesn't he do it now? Or why doesn't he move? And why this and why that? And I think we have to get our hearts pure about God's love for us, even for our faith to work. So I think many times he lets us wear ourselves out, struggling, trying, fighting, you know, everything but thanking him that we're healed or thanking him that we have our needs met or saying, I have it now. And it's mine now, and I thank you for it, Lord. And I thank you that you're working to deliver the rest of my promise to me, Lord. I thank you that you're working on it. Amen? And so uh, it's it's different ways of expressing your faith. Uh, you, The Holy Spirit will show you what's best for you. But we have to follow the pattern of Mark 11, 23, and 24, that we have to believe we receive it when we pray. We can't be waiting to receive anything after you prayed. You've got to believe it's yours when we pray. And so when when we do our faith like that, when we express our faith like that, it is a now commodity, 
I think that was something Norval said. Faith is a now. It's not in the future. It's not in the past, but it's now. And so we have to talk about our faith as though it's now. We have to talk about possessing our promises now. We have to talk about having things in the now. Amen. And so uh, the one woman, uh, she she emphatically stated, God cannot lie and nothing is impossible. She stood on two scriptures for years and her daughter was made 100% whole. And Norval expressed that she's not spirit-filled. So many times people who aren't spirit-filled can express faith, but they express it a little differently than in the now sense. But she felt that it would happen, amen, without a doubt. And see, this is what faith is all about. It's about not doubting, amen, being firm in your resolve, knowing for a fact that it will manifest. You will receive it. Amen. It will happen. It will, you can have what you say. Amen. And, and just even that, just saying, you know, God, I thank you. I can have what I say. And I say, I have my healing now. I say I'm out off of pills now. I say it's mine now. Amen. And just allow yourself to release faith into the atmosphere, release it into the ears of God, begin to thank him. Even when you, when you're uh, in bed about to go to sleep, just begin to in your heart, begin to thank him. Father, I thank you for everything that I need right now. I thank you, Lord, for that uh, new, whatever it is now. I thank you, Lord, for my healing is now. I have it now. I thank you, Lord. You've given it to me already. You paid the price for it and it's mine. You freely give it to me because you love me Lord you love me more than anything and begin to just talk to God about who he is what he means I would say when when you're praying and when you're believing God for something don't be stingy with your praise to him you know with your your embellishing his goodness and his how wonderful he is and lord i know you did so and so for this begin to recite your bible stories that you know to him god you did this for the the woman the syrophoenician woman and and she got mad at you and you gave her what you wanted i'm not mad jesus but just 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 putting it out there amen because she she refused to take no for an answer and lord i refuse to take no for an answer the devil is not going to steal this from me Amen. I am standing on your word and I have mine now. It's mine now. Everything that you have for me is mine now. And I think in our meditation, our muttering, you know, when you mutter the word, just begin to mutter to him. This is have a conversation. Lord, I thank you so much for this. I thank you, Lord, that I have it now. And I thank you, Father, there's nothing lacking here in our relationship. And, Lord, if there is something I need to do or something I need to correct or anything, I'm asking you to give me the courage to correct it and confront it. You know what I'm saying? Anything hindering my faith. Amen. And just allow him to make adjustments where you need to have them made. Amen. And, And include him more. In, in what you're doing. Don't just do a dry confession and throwing the word out there and you don't know if it's hitting anything or you don't, it is not moving you. You know, you, you gotta be moved in this situation. You, you gotta treat Jesus like he's real. 
and and act like he's your friend. Amen. And that your friend is is getting ready to give you something wonderful. Amen. And encourage yourself that way in the things of God. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So your faith is your healing. Your faith is your finances. Your faith is your house. Your faith is your car. Your faith is your paycheck. Your faith is your, your promotion. Your faith is your faith in that. And begin to thank God for it. God, I receive it now. I, it's mine. I got it now. Amen. I have it now. Amen. So if the now faith is what we want to express. Amen. So our words must reflect that we have received now. Amen. We're not waiting on anything that is not faith. You're hoping it'll come to pass. You're hoping it'll happen. But when you say, I have it now then you you have sealed the deal, man, and it can't be taken away from you, amen? So sometimes you have to remind yourself, your mind will go to wandering. You'll say, well, I wonder, wonder, wonder why, 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 nope, I have it now. Remind you, I have it now. It's mine now, amen? So whenever you you have something, you don't worry about it anymore, amen? You just don't. You just need more. Our confession does more to remind us that we have it already instead of trying to impress God. You understand what I'm saying? So, so, uh, and, and it's good to keep your faith out there and to always show God your faith. I haven't gone anywhere, Lord. I'm not forgetting. I'm, I'm not, I'm standing on your word still. I'm still believing. I'm still holding on. It still belongs to me. I'm still expecting. I'm expecting to see it with my own eyes, Father. I'm expecting to see it for it to come through for me in the natural. Amen. And, and this is how to approach God and always be full of faith. Amen. I was listening to Billy Burke, um, give a teaching on uh, receive now. And he was saying that whenever, he said, whenever you tell God you have it, he said, you can feel the excitement of the Holy Spirit on your confession. It seems to come to life more when you say now, and I receive it now. And he said the other thing that when you say now, he said, every time you express your faith that you have it and you received it, he said, it puts pressure on the yoke of bondage that's holding your your sickness, that's holding sickness in your body, that's holding symptoms in your body. He said it puts a constant pressure on the yoke of bondage to that disease and then then the word then can go and start to manifest that word will start to be planted that word will start when that yoke breaks that word will start to penetrate and get underneath that disease and begin to drive it out so every time you say i have it now it's mine now that's i have it now this is mine now just train yourself to continue to express that what you possess in the now. 
So we uh, when we say we have it now, whenever we speak of any promise of God, we must believe that we receive now and speak as though we have it already. Amen. It's mine. I have it now. I have it already. Faith that pleases God. We see a good example in Romans chapter 4 with our father Abraham. Can't talk about faith that pleases God without talking about him. We inherit his faith. Amen. So one thing that faith it does, uh, it does not stagger at unbelief. It plows right through unbelief. Amen. It says here, uh, thank you, Lord. In verse 20, Romans chapter 4, verse, okay, 17. This is what God said to Abraham. And Abraham entered into what God was doing in his life. See, if you can see your faith as entering in to what God's already doing in your life, amen? See, the Bible says here in verse 17, as it is written. Where is it written? Hmm? It's written in God's heart. (laughs) And then he tells us what's written in his heart. Once it's written, it's law. It cannot be changed. See, this is why God is holds us to account for using our faith because he's 100% settled on what he's going to do and what he wants to do. So he says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. God already made him that. So Abraham, by believing God, enters into something that God's already working for him. See, this isn't a new idea. The fact that, that you, you desire to be, uh, healed is, is not a new idea to God. It's something He's already worked out for you. So your faith allows you to enter into what He's already working on on your behalf. Now that's true with anything that we, He said, when He says, I'll give you the desires of your heart, ask anything from me. That anything means that he's already working on it. He doesn't have to do anything to uh, prepare anybody or go out and make up his mind about it or anything like that. Just your expression of faith allows you to enter into what God's already working on on your behalf. So he had called Abraham the father of many nations from the foundation of the earth. It was written in the mind of God. He said, I know the thoughts I have towards you. I, the thought he had toward Abraham is you are the father of many nations. I see you being the man who's going to bring forth the Messiah. You're my man in the earth. Amen. And so when, when, when Abraham believed God, he entered into a realm where God was 100% in control. And he refused to come out. What happens with us sometimes is we go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We believe and then we don't. We believe and we get frustrated. We believe and then we quit. We believe. See what I'm saying? So the stubborn faith stays in. 
I'm all in. God gives you a plan. Go to God and get your game plan. God, I believe I've received it now. Now I need to know how to continue to express that to you. How to continue to keep that faith alive. How to continue to whatever. Whatever it is, call yourself that already. I don't care what it is. And I don't care how how you feel about what it is, you know, that, that you're believing. Call yourself that already. Amen. I'm healed. I'm prosperous. I have my own home. I'm, I'm a homeowner. You know, that kind of stuff. I, just call yourself that and just continue to do it. Amen. You know, if, if it's, if the enemy's giving you a hard time about it, you know, it, you know, you, you want to, you f- want to find a home and you're looking for a home, you can't quite find it, you know, all you got to do is say, homeowner. Oh yeah, that's me. Here I am. I'm the homeowner. Lord, I thank you that I have it now. That, that house is mine now. I possess that home now. Amen. And just continue to declare By faith, call yourself, even though in the natural you're not, but God calls you that. So you step into what he's working on on your behalf. See, when you use your faith, you step into that realm where he's working on something on your behalf. Amen. And you begin to make it work for you. Once your faith gets involved in it, that's when it'll work for you. If your faith isn't involved, it won't work for you. Just be standing there looking at it, wondering. Wonder what would happen if I tried this or if I did that or, nah, that won't work. See, there's no faith there. So you gotta call yourself that. Who was that, uh, uh, oh, the wig whisperer? See? See, that's something you can start telling yourself, Alicia, because there's big money in that. Yep, yep, it, absolutely. You know, don't be afraid and ashamed to call yourself. See, and 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 see, that means you're going to prosper in it when you start calling yourself that. Amen. That's why people have business cards made out with titles on them and, and stuff like that on them. They begin to call themselves those things. Amen. A lot of times they quit and don't see it through, but at least they gave it a good running start. Amen. So he, it says here, uh, he, he, he says it is written. I have made you the father of many nations before him who he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Amen. So God, by faith, calls him a father of many nations. He has no children. He has no natural prospects of having any. Well, God doesn't need our natural help. Amen. So that's why many times he puts us in these positions where we have to use our faith. We have to continue to you know, uh, confess the word and to declare, uh, what he says about us, declare who we are. I have it now. I'm not losing it. I have it now. It's mine now. Sometimes you can sit up and think about something and you, your mind wants to get discouraged about it. Nope. I'm encouraged. It's mine. I have it now. It's still mine. 
Even though it hasn't showed up in the physical yet, it's still mine. I have my faith receipt, and I'm declaring right now it is mine in Jesus' name. Amen. And always meditate that same thing, whatever you you declare by faith. Keep that in your head all the time. Don't let your mind wander and go to picking up ideas. It won't happen, and I'm just not going to do this. Faith stuff don't work. It works. Amen. You got saved by faith. The same. If you're saved, you are evidence that faith works. Amen. So let's not get lazy and not want to continue to employ our faith. We got to continue to employ it so that we can please God. When our faith pleases God, he moves on our behalf. He is faithful to do that. Amen. So, um, it, so it says here, God who quickens the dead, he brings to life the dead. That's what your faith does every time you express it. It brings to life things that aren't visible in the natural realm. It just brings more life to it. Your faith does. And it, your faith will encourage your own heart. When you would want to quit or you would want to stagger or you would want to faint, amen, the Bible says we will reap if we don't give up. If we don't lose heart and we don't faint. Well, how do you do that? You gotta to talk to God and help, let Him help you. God, how do I really do this? I wanna get this, I wanna accomplish this. I don't wanna leave this undone. This is something that I really, really desire. And, and I'm, I'm expressing my faith the best way I know how. Show me, help me. You're the author and the finisher. You come alongside of me and help me even when I'm wavering. The Bible says when we're faithless, amen, he is faithful. So those days when you just sit and get mad and because it hasn't shown up yet, you don't want to do anymore and all that kind of stuff, he's still holding on for you. Amen. He's still holding on for you. And so he's, he's, he, he will encourage us. He will refresh us in our faith. So, uh, our words have to reflect that we have it now. When our faith pleases God, it has certain attributes to it. So it, it, your faith can allow you to hope against hope. You In a hopeless situation, doctors say there's no hope. Uh, so-and-so has suffered brain damage. They may not recover. They won't recover or whatever. Well, your faith will allow you to hope against that. Amen. And add faith to it. Amen. And just don't waver and don't change. And he says he did hope against hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not whatever it is that is you think is the problem in the natural. So consider not the diagnosis. Consider not what they say won't happen. Consider not you can't put that into the equation. Amen. You just act as though it's not there. Amen. Don't consider it. Don't add it into your thinking. Don't meditate on it. Don't give it any kind of life through either speaking it, thinking it, or anything like that. Many times those thoughts will go through your head, but you look at that and say, no, nah, that, that doesn't add up with what God says is going to happen. I still believe it'll be as he said. Amen. It'll be as God said. Amen. Because I have it now. 
My faith is now. You can't take it away from me, devil. I have it now. Amen. It also, um, and it says here, he was not weak in faith. What would have made his faith weak was what? It's right there in verse 19. Yeah, considering his own body, thinking about, oh boy, I'm too old. Oh boy, Sarah's too old. Oh boy, he didn't let, he didn't go there. He did not think that way. So there has to come a day where your faith has to take over and you've got to decide, you know what? The old way of thinking and doubting and letting crazy thoughts run through my head all day long, those days are over. Amen. I'm not going to consider that. And you can get there because many people, in many instances, we're there. Amen. We don't consider. We don't. When you go to the doctor, you don't consider what they say. You see, you know, hey, I'm on. I'm still on the pills. I want off. But the thing of it is, you got to go to God to make sure you get a plan for how to get off. Amen. God might say to you, just, just medicine. Do the medicine of the word. You're taking the natural pill. Do more medicine of the word. Double up on on what you're doing on your meditation. Get open your Bible up for a change instead of just grabbing a scripture here or there. Open your Bible up. Read it out loud. Let yourself hear yourself taking that medicine. Amen. Meditate on it all day long, and so it, it he'll make it easy for us because he helps us. Won't, he won't say you don't have to do so many hours or you don't, that's, that's not God's way. But he will put before us what we need to do and then help us do it. Amen. That's, that's God. That's his way. So, uh, he, he didn't stagger at unbelief. Amen. He didn't consider his own body or the deadness of Sarah's womb. Those thoughts didn't come to him anymore to discourage his faith. Amen. And he did not stagger through unbelief. Amen. So they go hand in hand, looking at what it is in the natural and uh, considering um, uh, in, in unbelief will both cause you to lose heart and lose lose uh, ground in your faith. Amen. I think sometimes the longevity that we have to persist with things is what kind of turns us off. You know, when you hear the lady that did 14 years and you think, oh, brother, you know, Norville say this is where you lose most of the church. You got me? And so, you know, you just have to say, oh, brother. And then you say, God, help me. I'm, I want this. It's possible. I see it's possible with people in the Bible. It's possible with people walking the earth now. It's possible. And and with you, it's possible. And that's the key, with him. Got to make sure you include him and, and you're not trying to impress him. I think if you include him from the beginning and not try to impress him that you're doing it right and you don't want to be corrected, you ever been like that? I got my my 15 minutes or I got my 20 minutes that I do and that's all I'm doing. I don't want to do no more. and I don't want you to tell me it's not right. <laughs> this has got to work because I say it. This is all I want to do. See, there's there's no spiritual help there for you. You just out there 
trying to, it's willpower. Amen. It's willpower again. And so you don't want to do the willpower. You want to let it go. Let Jesus show you. Let him talk to you. Let him help you. Amen. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. So uh, it, it, the faith that pleases God doesn't stagger in unbelief. So we say Abraham entered into what God was already doing for him. And I think that's a good way to think about it. I thought, well, I'm going to meditate on that a little bit. God, I enter into what you're doing for my health. You're already working on it. So by faith, I enter into it and I receive it and I'm healed now. I have everything I need right now. Amen. It's mine now. So once we ask and receive, willpower has to die. Your your will has to you could because you enter into what God's already doing. So you you're surrendering to his method. You're surrendering to his instruction. You're surrendering to what he wants to do. And you've got to believe that God wants you to have it. Amen. He really, really wants you to have it. And he's not against you. He's for you. So we cease trying to do things to make it happen and rely on our our own spirit to guide us in our activities. So if your your habit is to get up every morning and pray in the spirit while you're, you know, getting dressed or getting your coffee or or whatever, that's fine with God. You know, it it really is. He he understands that we have to keep connected. The important thing is you stay connected to him. See, that's the important thing. But I think it's good to also set aside time when you're not busy. You're not running through things. You're not, you know, God, I'm going to spend some time. I'm going to worship here and and just invite you in. I'm going to pray in the spirit and read my word. Amen. And 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 if you would talk to me. And encourage me today, you know, that's, that's why you do it. You do it so that you can be encouraged because this can be a difficult journey if you don't have that anointing. You don't have that connection to God. You don't have him to help you and to guide you. So we have to depend on God to lead and guide us as we read and meditate on his word. He will point things out to us that are, are essential for us receiving the promise. We must on some level accept the fact that we are powerless to do this on our own. We don't need to give God any new ideas. We do need to surrender our will to the will of God. God, this is yours. I receive it as mine, but but I'm depending on you to lead me and guide me. You know, I'm going to do the best I can expressing my faith to you as I know how to do it. But I'm, I'm depending on you to help me with it so I can get across the finish line. You know, I'm not going away empty handed, Lord. And I know you're partnering with me. You want me to be successful and you're partnering with me in it. So we're going to cross that finish line together. Amen. And, and just always stay encouraged. Stay in the hunt. Stay in faith. Stay in, you know, don't let yourself stagger. Don't let your mind wander and wonder when it's going to happen. Am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? Keep doing what you've been doing until God gives you something else to do. Amen. And if you've been doing it a little bit, do it more. Amen. It more never hurt anybody. 
Amen. It always helps. So stay connected. We stay connected to our covenant with God through worship and communion with him through his word, through meditating, through thinking things out, through getting understanding. God, how much time reasonably should I devote to this? Amen. And, and you know, usually he says, Terry, with me an hour. You know, uh, sometimes you just need an hour to get serious about what you're doing. Amen. And and do it regularly. You know, when is a good time for your hour? It might be a bedtime. It might be to to just don't turn the TV on. I know people have a habit when you come in the house. It's like you're the person you greet. You just plop it on. You know, that's your company. And, and, but if you're going for something big from God or, or something that's impossible or even something to, a simple healing, you know, you want to get off some pills or you want to live drug free for a little bit, be a little bit healthier, whatever, you know, set aside time so God knows it's important to you. See, if you set aside time, he knows you're serious. And he knows it's important. So it's, it's like fasting. You know, you, you give away something, you turn down something for something you want even more. And pretty soon it's, you've developed a different habit. You developed a habit of, of seeking God, communing with him and letting him be your company all day long. Amen. So we must trust God and his ways. Amen. We must trust him and his ways. Abraham was called first, and then he believed. Amen. Romans 17, we just saw that. says, I have called you the father of many nations, or I have made you the father of many nations. He was called that first, and from that day on, he always answered to that name. See, that made it easy for him, I think. You know, change the name. Every time he responds to the name or every time he speaks the name, he's expressing his faith to God. Amen. Just like we say, I'm healed. Say it a dozen times a day, a hundred times a day, 200 times a day. You can't call yourself something too much. Keep calling yourself until it really manifests. Amen. And just keep calling yourself. Thank you, Lord, that I heal. I have my healing now. It's mine now. And devil, you, I'm breaking your yoke every time I say it's now that puts pressure on your yoke. And you got to let go of my healing in Jesus. Let go of my body right now in the name of Jesus. And and spend some time expressing your faith. That's all we're doing is expressing our faith. Amen. It must be released. It can't be locked up inside of us forever. It's got to be released on something in order for things to get better. You want things to change? Start calling things different. Amen? Start calling yourself different. Amen? Call yourself uh, uh, free of, of bad habits, things that you want to get rid of, you know, that aren't good for you. Just say, I'm free. You know, if, I don't care what it is. If it's if it's saying being too quick to to get angry at something, Lord, I'm a person of a calm temperament. I have a peaceful temperament. Amen. If it's if it's smoking, I'm a non-smoker. I thank you, Lord. I am a non-smoker. I have my freedom from nicotine now in Jesus' name. And keep doing it. Don't quit. See what happens? We start out and we start thinking. He didn't tell you to think. He said, show me your faith. 
Amen. So quit thinking about it. Amen. You can't consider these things. The more you consider, the more bound you are. You'll convince yourself eventually that it's no hope for you. I might as well cash in the towel. I'm, I can't lick this thing. Well, no, you can't. Jesus already beat it for you. You got to start expressing your faith. You got to change. What, what does it hurt us to change what we say? How hard is that? You can change what you say about stuff. And you can quit thinking about it. Quit making yourself a slave to it by thinking about it and saying it'll never change. See, the more you think about it, the more you possess it on some level. What you think about eventually, if you express that through your words or through some action, it'll come to pass. Amen? That's the way things happen. You conceive them in your mind. And you give it the green light and you do some action toward it. But if that just this a thought in your mind and you let it go through your head and you don't ever act on it, then it'll die. Amen. It will never happen. Amen. And so we have to understand these things about faith. Amen. It, it doesn't matter. I used to tell people it, it never fail. We get people that would come into the ministry and uh, still smoking, you know, has a cigarette habit. And they would say, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying. And, and sometimes you have to put action to your faith to make it come alive. Amen. And so I I told this the couple people actually works on pretty much everybody I've told to do it. I told them, I said, um, I said, from now on, you're going to say you're a non-smoker. I said, keep calling yourself, I am a non-smoker. I said, even when you light up a cigarette, just light it up and say, I am a non-smoker in Jesus' name. I am a non-smoker. See, what we do, we want to stop the habit first and then be a non-smoker. Faith doesn't work like that. Faith works. By you releasing your belief that you're free of it. I don't care if you're smoking still. You gotta say it on top of your cigarettes. Listen, when you're sick, you say you're healed on top of your symptoms, don't you? Smoking is just a symptom. You got me? So, so you, we have to use our faith like this. It works. And pretty soon, uh, I, I'd, I'd look at him, i say, I said, is it gone yet? You know what? I didn't even think about smoking. I've been, I haven't smoked in about three weeks now. It works every time. Faith works like that. You say it in the face of what the enemy is doing to destroy you. You say it in the face of pain. You say it in the face of whatever it is. Amen. You stand right there in the face of it and defy it to continue to live in you. Your faith kills it if it's a bad habit. Your faith kills it if it's a disease. Your faith kills it if it's something you shouldn't be doing to get you in trouble. Your faith kills it. Amen. And your faith will also make alive those things that God wants you to prosper in. 
things that are dormant, that you haven't exercised yet, that you haven't let come to life yet. You be, start calling yourself these things. Amen? And see if it won't come to life in you. And don't quit. There's nothing to quit about. Amen? Your faith can't tell time. So your faith can make it happen anytime. Amen? That's the wonderful thing about it. Don't get it in your mind it's going to take a long time or it's a lot of work or anything like that. Because God's grace comes with your faith. Amen? By grace, we have what we have through faith. Amen? So when your faith is exercised, God releases grace. That is the power to get it done. To get it done on your end. Whatever your end is, God gives you that power. And see, that's the thing that people don't understand sometimes about faith is those two women that one that took 12 years and one that took two years, almost three years for two hours every day. What price is too great to pay for something impossible? They both had impossible situation, deformed children. Nothing's ever going to get better. I mean, how much would you give up in your life to make sure that they got their miracle? Now, how much would you do? And so uh, without them doing that, there's no hope. But God put grace on them. Every time they uttered their confession, they got encouraged to keep going. When you say what you say, you find there there's something in you that explodes and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And so when you understand the grace that comes with your faith, amen. Your faith isn't out there in desert land being all dry and and afraid to say anything else. Your faith is alive. It's active. It's generating more faith. It's encouraging your heart. It's allowing your heart to express what what it desires to express before God. All of that happens because of your faith. Amen. Now, God will allow sometimes little things to manifest to encourage us along the way. Because he knows sometimes you need to see something. And if that's true, he'll let things happen sometimes in a gradual manner. Say, for instance, if you you take blood pressure medication, you might find you need less and less of it as time goes on. Amen? You know, the doctors are funny. They just give you a prescription, and if you don't say nothing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they leave you stuck there. You know, but God sometimes will let you know, well, you know, let him check this and, you know, see if it, 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 he'll agree that it's time to cut it back and, and keep cutting it back and cutting it back. You see what I'm saying? And so when we need encouragement, Jesus is there to encourage us, but we got to get the ball rolling first with our confession. Amen. I have it now. It's mine now. I'm healed now. I'm prosperous now. I'm a homeowner now. I have my property now. I have my promotion now. This job is mine now. Amen. Sometimes we, we, we might get a little confounded, you know, something we've been believing God for and, and then in the end we don't get that, but he gives you something better. You see what I'm saying? See, in the time it took you to, to, for, for it to manifest, your promotion and your upgrade came already. Isn't that right, Tippy? Yeah. See, you know, she is a little bummed. She was believing for a certain job to come through. Well, 
in the length of time that it took to manifest, God's already planned a promotion for her. So he closed the door to that job, you know, and opened a door for something better, all the way around better. You see what I'm saying? So, so don't be shocked if you get a promotion and an upgrade before it manifests. So you might have your mind and your heart set on one thing and God says, well, in the time it took for you, you held out real good for me with your faith this time. So, so I'm going to give you an upgrade on that. I'm going to go a little bit better for you than what you thought. You see what I'm saying? He always makes good on his word. He always does. But we got to hold on there, folks. We got to be diligent, you know, every day. Talk to him about it every day. Thank him for it. God, I thank you for this. I, I thank you that this is going to work for me. This is, is, I have it now, Lord, and I see that it's mine. And as many times as you say it's yours, you put pressure on the devil to let it go. He's got to let it go. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Well, Lord, we thank you for your word and thank you for stubborn faith that refuses to let go. Stubborn faith that puts pressure on the yoke of bondage that would hold us into things that that are not for us, Lord. I thank you that we confess we're healed, we're saved, we're prosperous, we're blessed, we're property owners. We have everything that we need now. We're not waiting on it in some future Think of all the things that you think you're waiting on that they're going to come later when you could have it now. Think about those things and begin to declare that you have them now. Amen. I don't care if somebody's promised it to you at some point in your life. Receive it now. Amen. Because it's got to come through God anyway. Man can't give you anything that God can't do better on. So you have it now. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Anybody need prayer? We can do our prayer and then I'll pray.